Good afternoon and welcome to the first episode of Find Your Sparkle with Jen, where you will be educated, entertained, and informed. I'm your host, Jennifer Stewart of Jazz Potential. In my role as a life coach, facilitator, and speaker, my main objective is to help people. And really, my ultimate goal is to help as many people as I can to improve their lives. So I have met a lot of really wonderful people along the way, and I am very fortunate and excited to have one of those people with us today. My friend, Lisa Staples, is here from Nourishing Health Styles, and Lisa is an integrative health nutrition health coach. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you, Jen. I'm so happy to be here. I'm happy to have you here. Now, as a as an integrative nutrition health coach, what does that really mean? Can you give a little bit of a sense of what that actually means? Well, a health coach is someone who can help people figure out um, how to make healthy choices stick. So what I found in not only my own experience, but with the people I work with, it's not so much that people don't know what to do about eating. You know, they know they need to eat better. They know they need to sleep more, right? It's, it's getting those changes to stick. So it's about finding ways to incorporate that into your life so that you can you know, have a healthy life and enjoy it at the same time. That sounds wonderful. I think most of us really have that as our goal, and we get stuck sometimes. Now, you have an interesting story. Would you mind sharing a little bit about that? Sure, I'd be happy to. So um, I spent about 30 years of my life uh, fat, sick, and depressed. And just so you know, Lisa is really in wonderful shape right now and looks marvelous. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, so... It's, it's been a journey to get there, <laughs> um, a lot of mistakes along the way. I, I do say that it was a lot of trial and mostly error, <laughs> um, but I eventually discovered the secret to health, happiness, and lasting weight loss. And um, really, food is powerful medicine, and, and it's so much more, too, than just the food because it's our thoughts and our beliefs that also play a key role in our health and happiness. So when, when you say your belief and your, your feelings around food, can you elaborate on that? Think back to when, when you were having your health issues. What were your thoughts around food at that time? Mm -hmm. That's a really interesting question. Um, I certainly didn't see food as what it truly is, which is information for our bodies. Um, and, you know, I've, I've learned a lot through not just my health coach training, but I've also read a lot along the way um, over the past few years. So, you know, ultimately what it comes down to is, you know, just deciding how you want to feel and knowing that the choices that you make regarding what you put into your body are just so important and you cannot take your health for granted. Absolutely. Yeah. And what ultimately led to, you know, where I'm at today was hitting rock bottom. And what was rock bottom for you? <laughs> um, it was about five years ago, actually, almost to the day. Um, but I 
had finally reached my ideal weight. That was air quotes, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I actually, I was just, I thought that I would be happy. I thought that my whole life would be perfect. Um, Because of achieving that weight goal. Because of getting to that number, right? right? It was like getting to the, it was the only thing I could focus on. And um, what ended up happening was, you know, not only was I not happy, but I was the most miserable I had ever been in my life. Well, that's interesting. I mean, most people, I would agree, most people think that once you achieve that goal, that, you know, everything is going to change. You're going to feel better. But that's not always the case, is it? No. And ultimately, it's, it's realizing that the ends do not justify the means. And while people were telling me how great I looked, and, you know, I was about 25 pounds lighter than I am now, so which... I'm actually comfortable at the weight I'm at now. But, you know, I felt like crap. So um, I just, I, and the thing was that surprised me the most was that I still hated my body. I was a size four. Wow. I was the slimmest I had ever been in my life. But I still hated my body. That's interesting, isn't it? Well, it was because my self-image hadn't caught up. To what I saw when I looked in the mirror. So what did you see when you did look in the mirror? I was still focusing on the areas that I didn't like. And the way that my body carries weight is that I tend to put it on around my hips and my thighs. So no matter how skinny I was, I always thought my hips and my thighs were too big. But at the same time, my collarbones were sticking out. Like I, and my cheekbones were sunken. You know, my husband said he could see my spine. And I just, I just... You know, it was just the worst feeling I had ever had in my life. At that time, did you feel, what did you feel, did you feel that you needed to lose more weight? Or what were, what were your thoughts that were going through your head? Because I can only imagine, I mean, here you are this size four, which a lot of us would just feel that we would, yes, that we would die to be a size four again. But that's not reality in most cases. But what were those kinds of thoughts when you looked and saw the size four and you were being so critical of yourself? I was, I just couldn't believe it. I just, you know, you're, you're always chasing that. Right. It's, I call it the happy when syndrome. Yes. So I'll be happy when I lose 10 pounds. I'll be happy when, you know, I retire. I'll be happy when I get this new job. And it's like, you have to realize that happy when <laughs> doesn't exist. It's happy now. Absolutely. Like you need to find a way to be happy now. I find in my life coaching practice, and I'm sure that you see this quite often as well, is is that is very common. People forget that they have more control over being happy than what they think. And they do have that happy when syndrome, as you call it. And it's really sad because that time never comes. And even when you achieve those goals, you're still not happy because you're waiting for this big explosion that's going to be, you know, everything is perfect and that just doesn't exist. It's, and I think that it's really important for us to recognize that, you know, it's really up to us and it's a choice every single day that we make to be happy. Yes. And not relying on other external factors. Exactly. And, you know, what I've come to realize it's that life is all about choices and you get to decide how you want to feel no matter what situation you're in. And I don't mean to make it sound easy because it definitely isn't. And it took me a long time to, you know, get over that. Like I said, it was, it was almost five years ago to the day. Um, 
And like over the past five years, it's been a journey of self-awareness, of discovery, of finally figuring it out, figuring out what I was meant to do. And, but really, you know, what it comes down to is if you feel stuck, you have two choices. You can complain about the problems that you have, or you can look for solutions. And it's making just simple shifts in the way that you think can make a world of difference. I've had a lot of experience with that. And what I have found is that people really want that quick fix. Mm -hmm. And they say that they want to lose weight. They say that they want to be healthy. They say that they want to enjoy life. But they would rather go out and take a pill to make that happen than to put that extra time in looking after themselves and making it the, the onus on them to improve their lives. Yeah, and you know, I wish I could bottle and sell what I learned. Oh. I would Wouldn't be a bazillionaire. Be <laughs> um, that would be fantastic. You know, but all I can do is uh, just try to get my message out to as many people as I can that, you know, you don't have to wait to be happy. You don't have to wait until you have that wake up call. Um, you know, and, and even during the five years, like I was eating healthy, but I was still the sickest I ever was. And I've been waiting over three years to see a GI specialist. Oh my goodness. And, um, luckily I decided to take matters into my own hands and, you know, it's, it's phenomenal the change that I feel. And I wish th that I could express that to people in a way that they can understand. And, and really the only way I can you know, think to do that is through avenues like this. So I, I truly appreciate the opportunity that you've given me to join you. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's my pleasure. And ultimately, it is both of our goals is to help people, right? I mean, that's, that's our main reason for being here. And I truly appreciate the fact that you're able to share some time with us today. So thank you for that. On that note, we're going to have a quick break. You're listening to CIOE. Welcome back to Find Your Sparkle with Jen and our guest today, Lisa Staples of Nourishing Health Styles. Welcome back, Lisa. Thanks, Jen. Now, we were just talking about your journey as a nutrition health coach, and what I wanted to ask you a few questions. What do you think has really caused the health care crisis that we're facing today? I mean, that's a loaded question for it, sure. It is. Um, Honestly, I think what it boils down to um, is that people are just so confused because there's too much conflicting health information. So can you give an example for our audience? Well, for instance, like so many people are saying, you know, you should go vegetarian or even vegan um, in order to be healthy. So anyone who reads that is going to might say, well, I cannot give up meat, so there's no point in eating 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 any vegetables right so I think it's like people just go from one extreme to the other it's the all or nothing right. mentality so um and you know while I I you know I truly understand why um people want to avoid animal products because you know and not to get into a big debate about you know veganism and animal rights and things but you know not everyone can thrive on a vegan diet right um because just the way our bodies are all individual and that's one thing i learned um through the institute for integrative nutrition is the concept of bio individuality and it really depends on how your body metabolizes the food that you bring in 
and that can it varies throughout your life you know for women our nutritional needs even vary throughout the month so it's you know very important to you know just do what feels right for you so to be really in tone with in tune with your body yeah um you know and that's why it's it's really helpful to work with a coach like me and there's many others um, you know locally and online as well um, but can really help to help you figure out you know what your body is trying to tell you so where has the health system failed us honestly I believe it's because there's too much focus on treating the symptoms rather than actually looking for the cause of what's making you sick. So being reactive instead of proactive. Exactly. So our, you know, our current medical system is really good at treating emergencies and acute um, illnesses, um, such as uh, infections or, uh, you know, flus or things like that. Um, but what, where it's falling down is, you know, giving pills to treat symptoms right um so again that quick fix right ag again exactly so it's you know it's just and i used to be the same way right like you have an upset stomach so you pop a pill or you know you have joint pain and you pop a pill or whatever but what what those are are actually symptoms that your body is trying to warn you that you know that something is going wrong so what can we do to get more in tune with our body um, well, it's just about really slowing down. Um, I, I think that we've just become a society that we're just overwhelmed and stressed out and that's go, 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 go. Um, so we're not really taking the time to slow down and, you know. Live in the present. <laughs> there you go, exactly. Right. Yeah. And that, that can be difficult because we are all on busy schedules and it really it really takes an effort and practice, I think, because we're so used to living that rushed lifestyle that we need to step back and smell the roses. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a reason that that quote has been around for centuries. Yeah. And I have to say too, like getting out in nature uh, is really the least underutilized antidepressant. Absolutely. I mean, I, I can't imagine anyone that could go for a walk and say that they felt worse after going for a walk than they did beforehand. But you have to leave your iPod at home, too. <laughs> well, you know, and that's, that's, that's a really great point because most people, you always see them connected to something. Mm -hmm. I like to go and walk and I look at the, you know, I just really pay attention to my surroundings. And automatically, within five minutes, I can just feel everything just totally calming down. And it's a really wonderful sense and then I feel connected to nature and I start to hear even more things that are around and I get to see so many things that I didn't notice before and that you know the colors the depth of the colors the textures all of those sorts of things I mean it's that plays a huge role I believe in in our well-being as well mm -hmm. so what are the top thing three things that you believe people can do that they can to improve their health well I mean, I know there are lots, but yeah, if, you, there are lots. if you had to choose just the top three. So my top three tips are to eat real food. Now, can you explain what that means? Because there are a lot of people who may not well, understand. I'll, I'll get there. So, so the top three things are eat real food. You want to sweat a little bit every day. And you also want to enjoy life. When 
what it boils down to, and you know, the analogy, I like to use analogies a lot, and the one that I've come up with to explain this theory for, you know, is that your body is like a hybrid car. So you need the right fuel in order for it to run properly, and you need it to move, or it's just gonna seize up and it's not gonna move at all. And then you also need to recharge the batteries. Right. And that's the key part of, you know, making health, you know, part of your lifestyle is, you know, just taking that time to de-stress and like getting out in nature and, you know, so the thing with eating real food is that, you know, the way that your body works, like we have specific nutrient needs. Yes. Like, I don't know why that was such a surprise to me when I learned that, but, (laughs) (laughs) but really what it boils down to is that food is powerful medicine or it's slow poison. Right. Well, that's an interesting way to look at it. What do you, can you just elaborate a little bit on the slow poisoning thing? Because I think (laughs) that's where, that's where most people are going to be, their interest is going to be piqued, I believe. Yeah. So, you know, getting back to the whole, you know, food is confusing and there's conflicting information and, and things. So, I mean, honestly, what it's coming down to is that we can't depend on the government to enact laws and regulations to protect us. You know, in fact, just recently, our federal government had the chance to pass a law that would require foods containing genetically modified organisms to be labeled, and they voted it down. The same thing happened in the States last year. And, you know, we have to take an active role in our health by making better choices as to how we nourish our bodies. And, you know, Junk food and processed food are just becoming, um, they're actually manufactured intentionally to make us fat and sick. That's kind of frightening. It is frightening. Um, The food companies, they hire people specifically to make their, the products they produce, and I'm calling them products and not food. (laughs) Um, They're highly, you know, highly addictive and hyper palatable. And... They get us addicted. Right. right. And it's it's not even just so much being addicted to the food, although I can certainly relate to feeling that way. Um, but it's more about the feeling that comes from eating that food. What do you mean? So I take sugar, for example. Right. So when you ingest food that has a lot of sugar, it just it lights up part of your brain. Um, and it releases the same similar effect as taking illicit drugs. Yes, and I, I'm sure that people have heard that, but they're not convinced that that is really true. But studies have proven that this is actually happening. Well, and you know, it's funny that you mentioned the thing about you know studies because you really have to look at who is funding the study. Right, exactly. Right. So you're always going to find a study that will say this, and then you're going to probably find two that say the exact opposite. Absolutely. So you always need to look for who is funding the study and what the results that they're hoping to get from it. And they just keep doing the study until they find their results. Or they, they even suppress results that don't give them the result that they want. So, for instance, a really good example of that 
is the study that linked saturated fat to heart disease back in the 1950s. Right. So the researcher um, had 22 countries in the study, but in the end, only the results from seven of those were, in, were included in the final report. Interesting. Um, and the reason for that was because the results of the other 15, so yeah. more, right, more than half, did not support the desired outcome. Wow. So this study has been used for decades to encourage people to cut the fat from their diet, and new findings are actually now contradicting that widely held belief that saturated fat is bad for us. Wow, that's very interesting. Now, you've talked about real foods. I've heard many people say that it's too expensive to eat healthy. What do you have to say about that? Um, well, from my personal experience, um, it's actually cheaper because you won't need as much food when you're probably properly nourishing your body. The reason why most people feel hungry all the time is because their brain is sending signals that they need to get more nutrition. But the problem is people are just filling up on, on crap, honestly. Right. Um, and I even have, um, I'm working with a couple. So it's um, a, a two clients of mine that happen to be a couple. And they've found that even for t both of them eating healthier, they are spending less on groceries. Well, that is a great example. So what are some of the warning signs that people should look out for? Um, well, heartburn or other digestive issues, frequent headaches, frequent colds or infections, skin inflammation such as acne or rashes, and elimination problems. Now, I won't get into details here, <laughs> but let's just say you can tell a lot about your health by what comes out. Right. Um, and a really big one is your waist to hip ratio. So uh, for men, it should be um, one or lower, and for women, it actually should be 0.8. Oh, that's interesting. Now, you have some programs that you offer. Can you tell us a little bit about that before we end for today? Sure. I actually have a free uh, boot camp um, that people can visit my website at nourishinghealthstyles.ca, and it's called Diet Rehab Boot Camp, and it's five simple steps to diet-free living. So to me, diet actually stands for deprivation, impulses, emotions, and triggers. <laughs> and what I specialize in is helping women who are tired of yo-yo dieting um, to just break free, have more energy, and feel more confident in their bodies while living life to the fullest. Well, that sounds like something everyone should be doing. Thank you so much for being here today. That's it for this episode. And next week, Lisa will be back with us, and we'll be talking about mindful eating and cravings. See you soon. You're listening to CIOE.